It's a long way home from here I won't be back in a year Cause all the fallen leaves, the birds, the breeze Capture me again And all the lies you tell someone else Sure could use a friend And welcome back to another episode of Into the Wilderness Brought to you by SeaWorld Canada I'm your host, Dan Lonergan uh, as always, you can find the show on Spotify uh, or on anchor.fm slash Canada. Uh, check out our YouTube page, Seawill Canada, uh, or visit our website, seawillcanada.ca, for all things work-integrated learning and beyond. Um, today's episode, we're, it's going to be a bit more of a, of a fun episode, at least in my mind. Uh, normally, we kind of dive into topics. We, we don't get too Seawill heavy, but... Um, we have our AGM coming up. Uh, if you're listening to this today, when we release it, it's actually tomorrow, November the 3rd. Um, and uh, very excited by the two guests that we have on today's show uh, to, to give you a bit of a behind the scenes look at what it means to be involved with SeaWorld at, at the highest level, essentially. Um, so we have a, a board, board of directors. They're all in a volunteer capacity. They serve various term lengths in various positions. Um, but uh, two years ago at our AG, at our last AGM that was actually in person, um, it was voted on that, you know, some of these terms, they used to be one year. We shifted them to two years so that, you know, people could get more settled into these roles, make some changes that they could see out a little bit longer, have a bit more stability in that, less changes to the board. Um, but obviously it meant that that commitment was a longer time spent as a volunteer in that role. Um, so today, I'm I'm very excited to welcome uh, two individuals who have served most recently as our president-elect and our president. So first up, she's the director of co-op career and experiential education at Brock University and has been the president of Seawill Canada for the past two years. Uh, she's a mom of two great kids and a wiener beagle rescue dog, a food and wine lover who's proud to be from northern Ontario, or as she will go on to say, the Sioux. Uh, and she's also gotten the chance to cook with the likes of Jamie Kennedy and Gordon Ramsay. We'll get into that a little bit later. Kara Kresik joins us on the show. Welcome, Kara. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. And he's the director of the Career Integrated Learning Department at Sheridan College. He's passionate about work integrated learning and experiential learning that maximizes the student experience, uh, supporting students reach their full potential and readying them for the future and the world of work. He's currently Seawill's president-elect uh, for one more day, essentially, uh, a father of two young children, a community volunteer, and a big fan of esports. Dr. Matt Rempel is on the show. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks uh, to both of you for taking the time today to record this um, at a, a very pivotal point in both of your uh, roles with Seawill as we approach this AGM and kind of the, the changing of the guard, if you will. Um, this The roles that both of you have with Seawill, and, and I know people listening may have varying levels of understanding of the commitment that this is and kind of the balancing act that you do, but you know you both still have your day jobs. Uh, you're both in, in very high levels at your respective institutions as directors of your own departments. So yeah, I just kind of want to frame this like, you know, you've been doing this for the past two years, whether as president-elect uh, or Kara as a president. Um, Kara, you also took some time during that to to become the CEO of Seawill when we needed to officially 
have a CEO role. And then Matt, during that time, you stepped into acting president. Um, but aside all of this, you know, you did some other stuff as well. Uh, I mentioned, you know, Dr. Matt Rempel, that's relatively new. So, so Matt, amongst all of this other stuff that was going on, you just decided to to do a PhD at the same time. What what was that like? Yeah, I mean, thanks for the question, Dan. I think it's similar for all of us, right? We have our day jobs, we have our passions, we have our family commitments, we have the things that we like to do to refresh and recharge, and we just try to balance it as as best we can. So. In, in my world, during the last two years, uh, certainly with the, my role as president-elect at Sewell, you know, I had a baby, uh, graduated, you, you know, higher education. Like, life happens uh, at the same time while we're doing our work and then we're doing the things in our community or our community work that uh, that drives us and, and sort of gives us uh, the energy that we need to, to, to do all that, a balancing act. Um, so for, for me in particular, what really drives me to want to participate with Sewell is you know, eight years later, I still feel like I'm the new guy to working in post-secondary. But when I was the new guy, the Seawell community was the most welcoming and inclusive and sharing and giving community that I've ever met. And most of what I know about work integrated learning and career education in general really was shared and taught to me from the folks that I met through Seawell. Um, I can never repay or share my thanks to our community. But one way that I do try to is through service and through volunteering, uh, whatever skills, time and energy that I can contribute to SeaWorld to to give back. That reciprocity is, is important to me. Um, and it's certainly what drives me to add one more thing onto the plate of things that we all do in our lives and our professions. And and Kara, for your time in there, as I mentioned, you kind of you, you've been the president for two years and then you decided to kind of take that one step further when when the organization required a CEO role. Um, and that actually did require you to, to step aside for a period of time from your role at Brock. So what like what what was the motivation there or what fueled the fire to be like, hey, I have to I have to do this for the organization, even if it means kind of putting a pause uh, on what I'm doing at my my own institution. Yeah, it all kind of feels like a bit of a blur if I think back to, <laughs> to what was going on. You know, uh, we had uh, pulled together the um, the application to for the for the IOL um, funding back in the, the fall, and then it was a whirlwind. In December, we um, found out that our that our application uh, looked like it was going to be uh, you know we we're getting positive feedback that that it was going to be approved, and then we found out officially in January, and we kind of all looked at each other and said. Okay, uh, now what? Um, and uh, you know, really, it came down to that uh, I had the the ability because I have a fabulous team at Brock that was willing to support me uh, and to be able to do this. Um, and the leadership at Brock feel felt that it was an important uh, piece that Brock can contribute uh, and lend lend me over uh, for a few months. Uh, and it really was a matter of. You know, we had so many things that were happening at that time. We were hiring a director. We had already had that um, in, in place, but it hadn't happened just yet. Um, we had to operationalize to spend, you know, around eight million dollars by three months. Um, and I, you know, I had I hold a lot of the. And at that time uh, as well, held a lot of the information of the moving parts. So it just made a lot of sense uh, to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, we onboarded uh, Charlene Marion, who's fabulous. Uh, we had you, Dan, that was working with us as well. And, you know, just a lot of a, a lot that uh, 
aligned at that time. Uh, it was difficult though. I won't I won't uh, pretend that it wasn't. It was very difficult to step away and pause the 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 president role um, to leave my my role at Brock uh, for a particular period of time. But um, it was the right thing to do for the organization. And as a board, we had made a commitment to doing this and getting this fund. So we needed uh, that that um, that to happen. But it wasn't just me, you know, like you said, Matt stepped into the um, president role he created a steering committee that was to to help with the governance of this uh, of of this you know unprecedented amount of money that that we received uh, in order to roll this project out so there was a lot that was happening behind the scenes um it was stressful uh, yeah, we had great people that came and stepped up uh you know we had ann fannin that came on and was helping us we had um, a variety of people that stepped up and put their hand forward and it was really about a passion for the organization and making sure that we were able to do for our members what they needed so yeah that was kind of the uh the piece i actually um at the same point i think i finished my my secondment i did my um coaching certificate uh, the week later and i started my master's a week later so it was literally like it all lined up quite well but uh yeah it could require a vacation far 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 away <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a lengthy one i think possibly for both of you at that um but you know to, to both of your points, it's these are roles that you you volunteered for that you stepped into out of out of passion, alongside doing all of these other things that you've both uh, been doing, whether it's professionally or personally. Um, and I think it's it's just you know it's worth highlighting that that oftentimes people forget that there's there's all this other stuff going on, but if you're called to something, if you're motivated by something, that you know you you can find the time and the energy. Uh, to put into it and and to move things forward and and we'll get into that in a little bit as far as how Seawell has changed but if if we look at the last two years so while you know as I mentioned the the bylaws changes so you've been in your official Seawell roles we'll, we'll put the CEO piece aside but for for two years for the most part um, and Carol I'll start with you what what in your opinion or for you whether it's you know for personally what's been the biggest challenge um, in the last two years as far as your role as president uh, with Seawell. So I, let's, we could do both. So biggest challenge, but also, you know, what's, what are you most proud of or what's been the most rewarding during these two years? Yeah. Um, so I think that I need to acknowledge that the work that's been done by previous boards and leaders, you know, Christine and um, Claudia, like so many people that are moving forward the ex with the expanded mandate, um, that uh, and I came in at a time where there's a really great uh, momentum going. Um, my biggest challenge was the phone call, I think the precipice for it was the phone call that I received as president in March of 2020. And I know I've talked about it before, but the call of from a large employer saying we may cancel all of our work terms across the country um, because of this thing called COVID-19. Um, you know, it, it, it that that really was like the moment for me that was like, oh, my goodness like this is going to change 
work integrated learning across the country and it is at risk right now. Um, the board responded so quickly um, uh, with so we made some recommendations uh, internally and then we got out really quickly. So the challenge was frankly managing everything that was happening right um, you know I was and you know I was I had my team at Brock that um, that that that, that was happening and working through that, working through how to put mute everybody on mute um, at that very first uh, town hall. I remember the, I was just sweating like, oh my God, why can't we mute people? Um, but it was, um, you know, my, my kids being home with me uh, and trying to figure out what that looks like, taking care of people, frankly, taking care of, uh, you know, my, my children, um, partner, like everybody around and at the same, you know, my team, the Sewell team, our members, like that was, I don't know if I will ever be able to explain like just the amount of pressures. Um, and then, the, but, but I think that the rewards that came from that, and you talk about the biggest reward, is actually how this community has come together. Like, I cannot, um, I don't even think I could have imagined how it all came together and people were willing to share and people were willing to lean on each other and be honest and vulnerable and at the same point, figure out how we were going to leverage our expertise and our knowledge and beating the, being the leading organization for Will in Canada, I truly think that Seawill came together and I'm so proud of this community because we have students that are working and that continue to work because of advocacy that was happening to the government, because of sharing best practices, because of creating resources, people putting their hands up and saying, yeah, I'll do that. Um, I think that that's been the most rewarding and being able to lead during this time um, while it's been stressful it has been extremely rewarding because of how I think that we we did come together so and I think you know, from a networking not a networking but even just a community build like you you do look at the membership and as you mentioned being the leading providers of, of quality will in the country like we have over 1400 members so even in a time like that that you know everybody's kind of going through the same thing that they could lean on on one another they could talk to one another using whether whether it was meetings or town halls or you know just random calls that popped up as uh, out of reaction to to communicate with each other not feel isolated no matter where they were in the country um and i think that that goes a long way for for a lot of the work that both of you have done in these roles during that time um matt for yourself you know, when when you look back at these two years as as president elect, what 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 are your big takeaways? You know, what what have you learned over these past two years, or or highlights, challenges for yourself as well? Yeah. So Dan, I, I think I might echo a little bit of what Kara said, right? So you look at the last two years, and I think it's safe to say that stress levels everywhere were at higher than what we all are used to. Right. So it's not just the, the work life, but it's also our, our lives in general. We're all making difficult decisions. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate, you know, uh, world issues as well as a health pandemic. And for all of us in all of our jobs, whether in industry or post-secondary, the pressure had never been higher. Uh, the impacts that the, uh, you know, that the pandemic certainly had on work integrated learning were so significant that I think we were all scrambling to a certain degree. So um, trying to, to navigate that and appreciate that every single person we're working with, whether in a professional context, whether with our Seawell context, whether it's with our volunteers, 
is at that heightened level of stress. Um, and asking ourselves as leaders and as humans, where and how do we find room for self-care? And where and how do we recognize that some of our partners you know, need to be doing the same things? Um, when you need to be performing and results are at that tipping point, um, remembering the human bit and looking out for your colleagues uh, is certainly, I think, one of the, the biggest challenges, but also maybe one of our biggest successes. You know, we see our Seawell community is just in such harmony uh, and works in lockstep. And many times when we just needed places to vent or people to call or opportunities to, to gripe, our colleagues were there to encourage us and, and raise us up as a collective. And I think that uh, was just such an incredible thing to, to witness and, and to participate in. Um, and as we sort of, you know, switch into what was the outcome of this, uh, you know, much of this uh, I do attribute to, to Kara's leadership, but I, I loved seeing in a time of instability and um, lack of clarity, Seawell was able to rally our team together and share with a consistent and singular voice, just the, the voice of reason uh, in some cases, and the voice of let's take a breath and let's do what makes sense and let's salvage work terms. And, and some of the work that came out of our Will From Home campaign and from the town halls was absolutely brilliant to watch. Uh, and that voice was so critical and necessary in that moment. Uh, and to be part of the Seawell community during that, that window is, is something that I know I'll hold and treasure uh, forever. And the outcome, uh, Dan, that I, I have perceived from working with Seawolf for a few years now is, you know, many a times we have a collective group of experts who just know Will inside and out. Uh, and we would be a body that would, you know, offer advice and insights to stakeholders and partners at the national level. And it might be a little subtle, but there's been a shift. Now stakeholders and partners come to us uh, and ask. To, to get us involved or ask for our opinions or advice. Uh, and that might not be as overtly noticeable to our entire membership, but that subtle shift, uh, I think is really important. And I think it certainly recognizes the depth of leadership and expertise of our entire Seawolf community. Uh, and it's certainly something that, that I'm, I'm very proud of and, and a lesson that that's, I think, taught me a, a fair amount uh, about leadership. And, and I, I like where, you know, you mentioned that there's been this shift and I think a lot of organizations, not not exclusive to higher education. I mean, pick pick an industry, pick a, a sector over these last 20 or however many months. You know, you lose track of, of counting the months, but two years. We'll just say two years. Um, have had to do that shift, um, and and although I, I'm a, I'm a large Seinfeld fan, and and not so high on the Friends part, but the the one reference that I will that you hear nonstop is you had to pivot. Right, so everybody had to pivot. Um, so if, if you look back at Seawill over the last two years, um, you know, how, what, what has this shift looked like? Like what has changed, um, Carrie, and maybe I'll, I'll get you to on this, you know, what in, is in your opinion or, you know, just from your insights as, as who's been the president through this time, what is the, you know, the shift that, that Matt refers to, what has that looked like for people that, that may not know or, you know, members that that may not be on the board or on a committee, some of the behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> so I, I, I have done reflection on this and there's so much uh, that has changed. Well, we'll I, do, the, I, do the summary version. Yeah. I mean, pick, pick a few. And, and, well, it's funny because we talked about this a little bit at, at the last board meeting was we even before the pandemic hit, like we shifted how the board operates and how 
you know, how we meet, for example, like we were trying to fumble through conference calls and they were like this thing called Zoom, you know, and that was, you know, um, back in uh, before the pandemic. But, uh, you know, from the uh, so there are a lot of pieces in the background that people don't see, like how we share documents, how we store documents, how we share what we do, like we really modernized our, our processes over the last two years in the background that nobody knows, you know, but there's so much that's changed. Um, and I think that we see this with COVID that COVID in itself just pulled, you know, workforces ahead 15 years without any, you know, warning. Um, so that in itself, Siebel has been affected by that change. Um, you know, we changed about, you know, what Matt said, it, we've become a place of the people come to for advice and consultation, as opposed to us putting up our hands saying, you know, listen to us, you know, we've got something to add here. Instead, we were the phone call um, that was coming in from, you know, places, really important places around how do we save this? How, what do we need to do? We are the place that people are asking for. We want to build a new co-op, a new will program. We want to look at co-op differently. But like these were the things, we've become the place that were being recommended by other places also. But I truly think um, the shift that we've seen uh, in society, Sewell has looked to, to, to shadow that and make sure we're doing the right thing. You know, I think about with the Black Lives Matters movement and, you know, how well it took us, some, we, we took some time and some intentional thought around how we as an organization need to engage and not just respond with a with a response uh, that was flat, but how do we change? And that this change is not happening because, you know, stop happening because the AGM is tomorrow. You know, this is something that has been an evolution of Sewell from before this board, throughout this board. It accelerated very quickly because of the pandemic and because of social movements um, that we needed to look at, at the mirror ourselves to see how can we change. And it will continue to happen. So. There's so much I don't think that I won't bore everybody with the details, but I do think that it, that we have changed so much and um, and we are continuing to look at how we can make sure that we continue to serve our members and also continue to serve the Canadian conversation about work integrated learning and quality. I think that's that's the way that you have to look at it with this sense of you know a continuous evolution, constantly being open to the the notion of change and that you know, anything that stays static for too long becomes quickly outdated and, and forgotten and you lose that momentum or, you know, then the phone calls stop coming in or and, and you go back to that that outreach approach or, or what whatever you want to call it. So, Matt, as as you step into this role now for, you know, for your two years uh, as president, where where do you see Seawell going uh, over the next two years? Where Where would you like to take it? What are some things that that you're excited about? What what are you most looking forward to? Yeah, Dan. So great question. Here's the deal: we have an exciting and very bright future in front of us. Uh, and and in part, you know, what, what Kara was just describing was I think SeaWorld had some really courageous leadership. And instead of taking the easy route, took the more challenging route in a time where disruption allowed us to reconsider and you know, look at ourselves in the mirror and see how can we contribute to a better will, a better society. And and that is a tough road to walk down. But the fact that we decided to, committed to, and started steps down it is awesome. 
Um, so you use the word momentum. Uh, the, the part that uh, I think we see in the next two years is how do we sustain that momentum? Um, okay, some radical growth through, through funding and a team. Um, I think probably our CMO membership uh, has increased their expectations on us, uh, you know, over the last few years, uh, and rightly so. So how do we honor that and keep that commitment? Um, and how do we sustain growth that happened in a very rapid time, um, in a time period? So ensuring that we keep the best of what's come uh, from the last two years and ensuring that we continue down the roads uh, that might be more challenging to trod uh, than the easier paths uh, that might be in front of us. And, and stick real, you know, real principled in our commitments to the things that matter, uh, whether it's equity, diversity, inclusion, whether it's quality in work integrated learning. You know, there are things that SeaWill stands for that was built on the backs of titans of will of uh, the past years. Um, and our focus for me will be to remember the core elements uh, and the values of SeaWill, um, despite all the moving balls that, that are in the air and all the projects that are in play and, and, and all the funding and evolution that we've gone through. So um, I see a, a good chunk of the next two years sustaining that momentum and staying clear to our mission and staying focused on the things that matter, uh, the outcomes that our community expects from us, the quality that we stand for, uh, and maintaining the space of leadership in Canada for work integrated learning. Um, you know, we we have a foundation that's so strong right now, uh, it's gonna be really important to reinforce around that. Um, another piece that, that I think for the next two years, we, we really want to, to find a window to do is to reinvigorate uh, our membership. Uh, so CWIL is uh, an organization that of course does have a, a staff team now, but we have volunteers that care deeply about our topic that want to contribute at the national stage and want to be able to share with colleagues coast to coast. Um, and the more we can find ways to reintroduce folks uh, who are maybe are still working from home and trying to figure out what, you know, uh, the rebound looks like, but but to come back into to uh, participation and involvement and engagement, uh, I think it's going to be a really important piece. And uh, and we're certainly re ready and willing to welcome everyone uh, to join us in many of the projects that are exciting and we all care deeply about. So I think that's some of what we can expect in the next couple of years. Well, I, I think, you know, me personally, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I hope that, you know, for those those listening or, or members of ours, that they they are equally as excited. Um, the point about, about yeah, sustaining sustaining the momentum uh, critical um, in, in that sense and, and reinvigorating membership. I mean, as a membership organization, you want your members to be involved. You want them to find ways to connect um, in whatever capacity they may be able to to lend so whether that's you know as as a volunteer potentially as a board member on a committee or even just attending meetings right like there's a lot of different ways and we we'll come back to that in a second um but i think we've talked a lot about how COVID has impacted has impacted will and and i i, I don't want to spend too much time uh, on that so maybe I'll, I'll flip that script in the sense of you know quickly for where where do you see will going in the in the future with this um and i know that's kind of like a, a bit of a different narrative than what we've been talking about but so the things that we've seen change or or pivot during covid what what do you think sticks around what do you hope sticks around what are some things that you've seen change that you're like you know what like never would have thought of that before or never would have assumed that that would become a norm in this work integrated landscape, but I sure hope that it it it, it sticks around. So maybe I'll I'll jump in and 
first, I, it's interesting because um, we've seen so much affected, like you said, like there's COVID, but it, there's also a lot that was happening and I think it's being highlighted in a particular way. You know, I we could probably have an entire podcast just on, on this in itself, but um, the innovations, we call them innovations, but I do think that they're just highlighted the great best practices that have been happening across, across um, uh, the institutions. And I'm so proud of what has come out of IHUB. Um, and I, I truly think that uh, you know, what the team, the IHUB team has been able to do and and it has been to, <clears throat> excuse me, engage with a particular audience uh, that is highlighting what they're doing on campus. Um, I think that co-op, you know, as a traditional model and as where we kind of foundationally come from as an organization, uh, as a extremely robust type of experiential and work integrated learning and it has its place. But I love what happens when we go from a needs assessment. So what is the need of that particular industry, community or employer partner? And what's the need of the student? So having this menu of different types of work integrated learning to fit the needs of the learner today, of the industry today, you know, these are the exciting things that are happening. And that I think a lot of our members and practitioners have been doing for, for a long time, but it's being highlighted or it's being uh, invigorated or it's being innovated in, in, in different ways. You know, I hear different types of will and I'll say, oh, this is an innovative type of will. And I look at our buckets and I say, well, it actually can fit into that bucket. Um, but it doesn't, we don't like, we sometimes become the holder of these terms. And that's not the point. The point of, the, of that is to truly so that we can collect it and, to, and we can uh, know where it's happening. But I think it's exciting to see when we do see different, different ways to approach will. Um, I hope that stays, but I also hope it stays from a needs assessment um, perspective so that the learning is quality, the experience is quality, and the type of will makes sense uh, for the type of experience. And not calling everything co-op because I think it's really important that when it's a co-op experience and it has that robustness to it and it fits for that particular need, but that we can really celebrate all types of will for where they, what they are and what they bring. Matt, for yourself. Yeah, so Dana, I'll, uh, I'll just talk briefly about remote work. So um, I've, I've worked in my house for a year and a half now. Uh, what I want to go away is I'd love to see a three-dimensional person. Uh, I'm really excited to, <laughs> to, to do that at some point. And I think remote work has taught us something. Uh, we can operate uh, to reasonable effectiveness um, through our computer screens. And, you know, in the, in the landscape of work integrated learning, where I think that's a real opportunity is um, we know that there's barriers to access uh, to will for many different student types uh, coast to coast. And one of these barriers might be eroded slightly by the ability to engage uh, in remote work. Um, so, you know, I can speak for the, the college community that, that I work closest with. Sometimes public transit routes are the, uh, you know, the extremity to where a will experience can take place. Um, uh, so if if our society, if our business community has is, is, is able to embrace remote work integrated learning, um, that barrier of travel uh, becomes a less of a factor. And I'm hopeful that that increases access to will for, for certain students. Um, so that that for me inspires me a bit. The other bit that, that I really like is um, we talk a lot about internationalization uh, in, in higher ed in general. Um, 
And, and granted, you know, Canada does uh, attract many international students into our environment, but I suspect that we send less domestic students into international experiences. Um, uh, here again, with these concepts of remote work uh, or remote collaboration in general, uh, the idea of working with a community collaborator in another country, solving, um, you know, a societal issue and leveraging the skill sets of these really talented will students uh, to participate and engage in, from home, from Canada, but in a global context. I mean, that's exciting. Uh, that's really, really exciting. Um, so I'm hopeful that some of what we've learned about our ability to collaborate, our ability to learn, our ability to work with others remotely and have successful will experiences that, as Kara said, meets the needs of the employer community partner, the institution and the student. What a huge win that is to, to leverage what we've learned from technology just to open it up uh, to these opportunities. And, and if we can reduce barriers to access at the same time, uh, well, that sounds like a win win to me. So I'm hopeful that that sticks around. Well, both both the points you make right around elimination of barriers and the needs assessment are they're just so critical not that they they weren't they weren't important they were very important before but now i think they've just been pushed into the the forefront so much more because of of what people have had to do and how they've had to react and and it's in, it's incredibly true and i've i've talked to a lot of practitioners across the country where the the remote aspect has opened doors that they never thought could be open and and you know matt you you hit those points on the head in terms of you know being able to bring in community partners or or work with employers that before were were kind of a a, a pipe dream type thing where it's like well my students are never going to be able to travel that far it, it doesn't make sense financially well that's gone right like they're, they're working from wherever they live doesn't matter if it's a, a an urban city or a, you know a, a rural community. Basically, internet becomes the the last remaining barrier of access here, and that I know that provided a big challenge to a lot of people that needed to be addressed, and and still does moving forward. Um, and then on the needs side, I think you know you talk to a lot of will practitioners that that do multiple types of will or that you know really live and and breathe the quality will piece. This is this is how they've approached it, but it's just so much more evident now that the the businesses, the organizations, the partners that people are working with, their needs have changed and will continue to change. Um, and I think that's when you start there, it leads to a lot more possibilities, a lot more options as far as work integrated learning is concerned. And I mean, we're we're not that old in the sense of we've been you know we're C will. But that was only a handful of years ago, right? like like 2017, 2018. So we're still fairly new in in that regard of, you know, this is a bigger world than, you know, before it was it was a longstanding tradition of supporting co-op. And I know there's a lot of people out there that were excited by that, trying to figure out, OK, where where do I fit into this picture? The work that I do, this, there's support for me, there's a network. And I think that's really where this community um, brings value to to people across the country doing this type of work uh, or people looking to connect into it, whether you're you're a business or organization. So I think as if, if you know, if, if you if you were to get a message out to somebody, somebody who's listening, somebody out there who's either thinking about, you know, do I get involved with Sewell? So now this is coming from two people who have been involved at, you know, two of the highest levels for a, a considerable amount of time. What would you say to somebody out there who's kind of like, you know, should I make this jump? Uh, what, like, at what level do I step into it? 
what what do you what do you do when i first got involved in volunteer work in my community i think uh it was said to me the first time you get into it what do you get out of it uh what you put into it you get out of it what you put into it and um i I think that that is so true. You know, I think that we all have a lot that we are balancing in life. And I would say to somebody who's interested, what are you looking to get out of it? Uh, and that will then, you know, dictate what you can put into it. So where, you know, I remember being approached about running for president and um, I did not know that there would be a pandemic happening, um, but, um, but you know, thinking about what am I, what am I looking to get out of this? Um, what is the uh, personally, but also professionally, and then what is my organization that I work for looking to get out of this? And I think that that helps. Um, but I will say, undoubtedly, I have gotten more. Um, than I could have ever imagined. Um, the the last two years have been some of the best of my professional career. Um, and those of you that that know me and know the things that I balance, um, that when they when they I, when they hear me say that and saw the work that was put in and saying that I've got more than it, um, it's probably hard to imagine. But I truly believe that the the people I've met, the colleagues, the community where Seawill is today um, and being part of this community truly like if you're looking to get involved do what you can based on what you have um, you have available in your own personal uh, um, bandwidth but uh, I would say you know just look at what what is it that you truly want to get out of it and then you can see what you could put into it and then I would just uh, add to that and say, listen, this is probably the best time if you're not involved with the Seawell community to get involved with the Seawell community. Um, so, you know, just just echoing some of Kara's comments, I've always been a strong believer of, of you know, reciprocity and giving back to community because I believe it's the right thing to do. But I also know that strategically it's OK that you get value back. Uh, and if that value back is an enhancement to to your own professional say resume or teaching you new skill sets or engaging with a new network that you could leverage for your career that's fantastic and uh you're also donating your time and skills and energy to something that's important there's nothing wrong with that win-win that's like the best win-win in the world we teach our students to get engaged on campus and as professionals we do we do the same idea so uh to anyone who's considering getting involved with SeaWorld soon the, the time is now um, and then I might just add as a, as a personal note and reflection, one of the things that I receive as a volunteer with the CML community is, uh, in some cases, just fun and friendship. The, the people are absolutely amazing. And getting to invest your time uh, with folks that have a shared passion, but are also just fun and exciting people to spend time with and to build lifelong friendships with uh, is such an incredible thing. Um, and I think that um, if anyone's considering it, this is the perfect time to get involved and, and meet your community. And, and if there's a, a professional and personal win-win that takes place at the same time, all the best. Well, if there's ever been a time to, to build community and, and networks, you know, now, if now is not the best time, I don't know. I don't know when was, but I think as far as, you know, leaning on people and, and comparing best practices and, and communic, just talking to other people, um, you know, yeah, I, I also look forward to a 3D person in front of now. Hopefully that's not like a, a hologram or something, but we're probably not that far off from from that being a reality as well. Um, on that, e-gaming, e which I've totally glossed over, 
what kind of e-gaming are we talking here, Matt? Is this like, is this Madden? Is this Call of Duty? What what level are you on for that? <laughs> you know, it's uh, the hobby that's been left behind. But uh, as a, as a as a video gamer, uh, I've always in, enjoyed the evolution of esports and to the gigantic arenas that were, were you know populations that would make NFL populations look uh, small uh, on the global context. So, you know, I, I follow along in the esports community. League of Legends is my uh, my preference. But uh, yeah, uh, it's one of those things where I'd love more time for it, but uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit on the back burner these days. I, I'm sure. I'm sure it's fading much like much like mine is as well. I've never never been into the big, like the, the multiplayer online stuff, but uh, yeah, it definitely takes a backseat to some of the other stuff going on. And and Kara, I mentioned off the top with with the cooking, and and Gordon Ramsay. So did did you get yelled at? Is what I want to know. <laughs> uh, I did not get yelled at. Uh, no, but it was an amazing experience, and uh, um, he was a genuinely lovely person. Uh, yeah, so it was it was amazing. So everything on TV then is, is just for show. He's he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah, no, I think he did make fun of people, and I, okay. I think I'll, I'll never forget that. Uh, so it was a uh, charity event, and uh, you raise money to cook with celebrity celebrity chefs. And um, but uh, Renee from Renee Salad Dressing, I believe, like she was she was there, and she was filleting a fish, and he uh, filleted Renee about her fillet. Hey. So, <laughs> um, but I, I will know that like eleven year old boy won, so it was it was actually fabulous. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, I, I wanna I wanna thank you both for for taking the time today to talk more about Seawell. I know, yeah, like I said, it's a bit of a different episode vibe uh, for us. Don't worry, we'll be back to our regular scheduled topic-driven programming in in the near future. Um, but again, uh, Kara Kresik and and Dr. Matt Rempel, thank you again for taking the time for giving your insights as to what Seawell is, what it means to be involved. Uh, with the organization and just you know your own reflections as to what what the last two years have been and what you're you're looking forward to uh so so thank you very much for being on the show thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next time i won't be back in a year all the fallen leaves, the birds, the breeze Capture me again And all the lies he tells someone else Sure could use a friend